Welcome, friends, to Ing Podcast. I'm really excited today to have a couple of guests here with me to kick off a podcast mini-series. Uh, this is actually a conversation that has already begun, believe it or not. Um, we just finished recording a conversation over at the Peace Builder podcast. I'm going to start by having one of our guests uh, introduce herself and uh, that podcast project and what we did at the first part of this conversation. Thank you, Ben. My name is Patience Kamau, and I'm happy to be here. I'm the host of the Peace Builder podcast, which is a podcast by the Center for Justice and Peacebuilding at Eastern Mennonite University. We just had the first portion of this conversation with Marshall that will air on the Peace Builder. It is a crossover episode. So if you haven't listened to that before you listen to this, we encourage you to go and listen to that first and then come back and uh, finish the conversation here. It is season three of Peace Builder, episode two. Thanks, Patience. Uh, it was a joy to be able to listen to the two of you have your conversation, and I'm hoping that I can do justice to continue the uh, solid interview skills that you started with um, here as we continue this conversation with Marshall. Thanks so much for the crossover, and thanks for connecting in this way. Indeed. Thank you. Welcome to Season 2 of Ing Podcast, a production of Menno Media's Leader Magazine. What does it mean to authentically follow Jesus? Each week, Ing Podcast invites you to join us on a journey. Join us as we talk with people of faith who are creatively thinking, growing, and being. People who are reimagining and exploring what it means to enrich faith in a complex world. Over the next few weeks, Ing Podcast will be spending some time remembering MJ Sharp a Mennonite peace builder who was kidnapped and killed on a UN mission in the Democratic Republic of the Congo. Today, we'll begin a conversation with Marshall King, author of the recent book, Disarmed, The Life and Legacy of Michael M.J. Sharp. We'll then talk with M.J.'s parents, Michelle and John Sharp. Our conversation begins now. Join us as we journey together. Marshall, thanks so much for starting the conversation over at Peace Builder Podcast and now being with us here on Ing Podcast. Thanks, Ben. It's delightful to, to have gotten to this point and to be able to talk with you about it today. Um, we always ask our guests to introduce themselves. Uh, how are you introducing yourself today? I'm Marshall King. I am the author of Disarmed, The Radical Life and Legacy of Michael M.J. Sharp, which uh, was published in, in January by uh, Herald Press, which is part of Menno Media. So good to have you here. Um, I'm excited not only to have this conversation today, but to continue the conversation beyond uh, both the crossover episode and then the next two weeks here on Ing Podcast, we will hear other people from MJ's life and uh, to talk about what his journey means for the rest of us. I thought we could start uh, just by hearing you reflect a little bit on something that we talked about with patients in um, the, uh, I'll say the prequel to this conversation. Um, how did you get tied into this story uh, to be the one to author this um, very significant book? I was just kind of drawn to the story. I felt, I feel like the story chose me as much as I chose it. I mean, it wasn't very long after MJ's death, was talking with one of his good friends whom I knew here in Goshen and and I I reached out to his dad and said, you know, I'm really I'm kind of interested in in doing some more work on this story. I think there are a lot of fascinating aspects to it. And it was I had kind of I'd been in the newspaper business where I would 
you would do the story about a death or, you, you know, we can read the articles about MJ and, and I would have been the one who maybe did those stories or assigned them. Yeah. And then you move on. You kind of forget about it and you move on. You're on to the next. And, and rather than on to the next, this was, I was at a place in my life where I had an interest and time to kind of do this larger project and over time earned the trust of the family and friends to, to be the one to do it. And Took a lot longer than I expected, but uh, four and a half years later, here we are. So actually, as we approach uh, the fifth anniversary of MJ's death, the book um, enters the world about kind of his life and some of his work in the world. How uh, close to his death uh, did you begin this process of interviewing all these people, of, uh, of starting to put words on a page? I mean, it wasn't very long after his death. I mean, to be honest, I did some of the first interviews and April or May. Um, and I, I was actually working on a book proposal for Herald Press on the day that the Congolese government called the press conference to show the video of Zaida and MJ's death. Mm. Uh, and, and, and this government, the Congolese government in Kinshasa showed this video to reporters and said, see, it wasn't the government. It was this tribal group. The UN didn't know the video existed. The families didn't know the video existed. And here's the Congolese government showing it to reporters. And I, I was working on the book proposal for Herald Press then. Mm. Series of events happened and both Herald Press and I backed away, um, at that time, but I kept working on the book and that summer, uh, did some travel to interview friends and family, and then just kind of kept doing interviews over a period of years, would work on the book proposal, try to, to hone it a little bit. I saw it an agent, the pandemic hit, uh, and inevitably, Herald Press was still very interested in the story, and uh, I ended up signing a contract with them in July 2020 to do the book and turned it in to them, the first draft in July of 2021. We often wrap up conversations here on Ing Podcast by asking our guests what this means for the, the future of the church. And but I wonder if you, um, Marshall, after working on this book, might might say to a question like that, uh, what, is, um, what does disarmed mean for, uh, for people in the church who might read it? Uh, what, what are your hopes for the, the future of people of faith uh, who might bump into MJ's story in this way. The, the goal all along was writing a book not just for Mennonites, mm -hmm. certainly, you know, amenable to the Mennonites who, who knew MJ's story or who had, like me, felt some of the emotion of it and wanted to learn more, um, but also making it available to the non-Mennonites who... Um, who might pick it up, who might, so that they could understand us a bit better and understand we're not just one thing. We're um, diverse and disparate and uh, messy and don't always agree and come at the world in a variety of ways, but also share some commonalities. And MJ was emblematic of many of those. And so some of the, I've gotten some lovely re comments from some non-Mennonites who have read this book and said, you know, I figured that he was like a do-good or proselytizing, you know, and I was willing to write him off. Yeah. And then I read the book and I went, oh, there's a whole no. lot more here. <laughs> there's a whole lot more here. And so that that's what I hope for from this book, mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. perhaps Mennonites understand, Mennonites and non-Mennonites understand our own complexity more. 
But one of the amazing things, you, you put a work in the world and that became the goal. Like, let's just get this into the world yeah. and see what happens. You know, you, you know, finishing a book is, is a, is a big task. And so, but all along, I didn't feel like I was running a, writing a young adult book, but even in its early weeks of being in the world, there are some young people reading this book. Mm-hmm. I mean, one of the um, first people that I know of to finish the book after it after it landed publicly in December was a ten year old kid who's the that's the son of somebody I go to church with, <laughs> and the kid tore through the book in two days. Wow. And I'm like, and I warned the, the the parent, like, here's some, there's some stuff here, like it's, there's some rough stuff in this book, like you know, and, um, but this kid read this book, and other young people are reading this book, and, and so it's like, well, great, yeah, great. I think, I think, you know, that we need these kinds of stories. We need some of these modern stories, and here's one about a Mennonite guy who lived an amazing life, and died tragically as he worked for justice in the world. Mm. And um, so I hope that people can somehow um, take something from that. Well, it's definitely uh, sparking an ongoing conversation as well, um, not just here on Ing Podcast, but beyond. Well, Marshall, thanks again for taking the time with me today. We'll hear more from you in the next couple of weeks. After the break, we'll sit down with MJ's parents, Michelle and John Sharp. Today's episode is brought to you in part by two graduate programs at Eastern Mennonite University. The Center for Justice and Peacebuilding and Eastern Mennonite Seminary offer graduate degrees, certificates, and other professional development opportunities. Join us to expand your skills, challenge your mind, and feed your spirit. Eastern Mennonite Seminary is grounded in the Anabaptist values of community, service, sustainability, peacebuilding, and discipleship. We invite you to participate in God's movement and discern together how to lead communities to embody Christ in the world. At the Center for Justice and Peacebuilding, you will learn with people working towards a more just and less violent world. You will become adept at interrogating systems, understanding the causes of violence and injustice, and responding to them. Learn more about how we can be a part of your journey by visiting emu.edu ing. We'd like to thank Ed and Carol Nossiger of Archbold, Ohio, for being generous donors to Menno Media. Ed and Carol are part of Menno Media's 2022 Provident Giving Society, a group of generous supporters who provide foundational resources so Menno Media can always pursue mission over profit in a very competitive publishing environment. If you enjoy the content provided by Ink Podcasts and other Menno Media materials, please consider donating and supporting our work today at www.menomedia slash donate. John and Michelle, thank you so much, first of all, for your willingness to participate in a conversation like this. Glad to. Well, welcome to the podcast. For those who don't know you, uh, how do you introduce yourself these days? Uh, As MJ's dad. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> a good, that's a good claim. Yeah, that's a good question. That's a good question. A lot has changed in my roles um, since um, MJ 
died uh, nearly five years ago. I'm no longer in family practice as a PA. Hmm. I am, however, uh, working at Teston College in compliance. So I am surrounded by a community supporting community who knows our story um, and has been a Yes, has been a very good place to be these these last years. And I'm a freelance writer and a house husband. My my life is good as uh, I hit retirement. We're also grandparents, and they've brought a, the children have brought us a lot of joy these last five years. I imagine so. Well, you had said off mic. Uh, I'm not sure what else there is to say. Uh, you have been somewhat under the microscope, uh, especially. Um, since MJ's passing, and uh, and I'm sure that there is a uh, a sense of boy, we have told this story over and over again. But uh, the first thing that I was curious to ask you about is, um, I know for me, uh, I didn't expect um, as someone whose class recently had their 15 year alumni anniversary to have a book published about one of our classmates. And I imagine it feels even stranger to be parents and having a book published about your child in memory. Um, what has it felt like in the, um, the weeks since this book has been released for you? How has that changed your, your, uh, memories, your grieving process, your healing process, having kind of something in, in written form like this? It's a mixed uh, experience. It's it's difficult sharing someone that you are intimately um, involved with that we are so close to, we were so close to. It sort of brings raw again the, uh, the pain of the yeah. loss. What I would say that has been helpful ha- to us has been um, the responses of people who, as they read it, and um, the message that each person gets out of it, um, and how they're applying it to their own lives. Mm. To me, that that's encouraging. That's encouraging. If it has something to say uh, to people, then I I'm glad that it's out there. Uh, but yeah. the, the personal end of it is still very difficult. Uh, we experienced this push and pull of our MJ, family MJ, and the public sphere. Yeah. Uh, but I've discovered that storytelling, telling him his story is um, therapeutic for me. Mm. And so the book is another form of that. There's something um, somewhat limiting when we try and put words to paper. Um, I know even in talking with Marshall, uh, there were things that he had written that didn't make the final edit. And um, uh, I would imagine there there are times where it feels uh, somewhat restrictive to think about your child, you know, bound in in a cover. Like MJ was so much more than the words that uh, Marshall has penned. Um, I imagine that must be a strange feeling as well. That was my um, my problem from the very beginning when a book was talked about. My my phrase was this: No one can capture the essence of who MJ was between mm. covers of a book. <laughs> he was a very complicated, multifaceted individual, and and so I was really. Um, dubious about i yeah i was just very cautious about it my response was that's what an author does that's what marshall has to do (laughs) 
But I think I, I really appreciate what John, how John has summed it up as a theme biography. And why don't you mm. explain that? Theme the biography. There's this thread of peacemaking and justice and MJ giving his life's work to that, uh, losing his life uh, in the midst of that. Um, and that's one thread of his life. There are other threads also that are not yeah. included, which yeah. is the way it goes. You can't include yeah. it. So there's plenty of room for family stuff and other people who might want to write on it. Were, were there points along the way where you thought, hmm, perhaps a book is not what our family needs. Let's let's not go down this pathway. Or has it felt like this is an appropriate step from, from the beginning? It's been difficult. Uh, Marshall has been incredibly uh, respectful through the whole process. Uh, very sensitive to uh, what we want included, what we don't, um, and the feelings that must be going through, you know, that we must be experiencing. So I want to say that right away. But mm. that doesn't that doesn't protect you from what you go through when you start yeah. reading uh, different drafts. Um, it was very painful for me to read, but it's because it's still the, because everything um, about his loss is still very raw and painful for me. So yeah. of course the book is going to be painful for me. Yeah. Um, it's hard for one of his sisters who was extremely close to him. You know, she's hardly mentioned in the book, but you know, on the other end of things, you know, those close ties and those stories are hers. Yeah. They're ours. Yeah. And 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 so those are the kind of things too that we hold on to. And I I think of his friends who are extremely close to him, or even you, Ben, who and and the you know, the experiences you had with him, those are yours. Yeah. Those yeah. are yours to keep. And and I think that's that's how I come to peace with what's there and what's not there. Is there a thread, uh, as you called them, uh, that you really wish would have been um, included in the pages here or a, 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 one of MJ's flavors that you think would have been really lovely to see? Those would be among the 30,000 words that um, Marshall was ordered to cut. <laughs> <laughs> so we could have um, disarmed... Two, <laughs> those words. We'll save but, it for uh, the sequel. <laughs> part of part of Michelle's comment about uh, Marshall's sensitivity is that we got to see everything he was writing, every draft, and we got to correct and add things. Except the problem is when the book came out, there were corrections that we had made that I think Marshall had sent in that didn't make uh, the time cut. Mm, yeah, you know those those you live with are. They are what they are. Yeah. But I don't know that I would say there's anything specific other than I want people to know, as, as John said, this is one thread of who MJ was. Mm. He was many, many things. Uh, he was, you know, a lot of fun. He was crazy, you know, <laughs> as yeah. you, I'm sure, experienced. Um, he loved humor. Um, anyway, yeah. He there's there are a lot of parts of him, but 
but uh, this is one thread. And as we said, um, Marshall did an excellent yeah. job. And, and I think he caught a lot of MJ's personality, his drive, his passion, his wit uh, with what he wrote. So we're, no, we're, we're okay with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So a themed biography is how we choose to look at it. Mm-hmm. I like that. There's something uh, that a book also does, and that sort of uh, elevates a person, has a power to elevate uh, people. Um, and there's been a few things published asking questions about what word might be applicable to to MJ. Um, in some ways, I feel like you lose some humanity if you start calling him a martyr or something like that. Uh, I wonder if there are thoughts that you have around um hero, martyr, those sorts of things that, that are, are tried just, to apply retrospectively. Yeah, no, I do not think that's helpful <laughs> personally. Um, and he would hate it. He would hate it. But no, I, I just don't go there. I don't, I don't think it's helpful. Yeah. Um, he was just, he was just a young guy who took the gifts that he had seriously in using them and as I've told many people, uh, he thought he was the luckiest guy in the world because doors kept opening. But mm-hmm. what I say to people is he also chose to walk through those doors that opened. And he was happy with his choices. We saw that just so clearly. Mm-hmm. I think he would just say, I, I did the best with what I had and I was happy. Yeah. He may chuckle that that people would find him an inspiration. Uh, I would imagine he'd get a kick out of uh, out of that. Um, but I think that was true even uh, in in college. You know, he always seemed to have something else on the horizon. And as a peer, it always felt like, wow, this guy always has something else cooking. Like I, I don't fully understand how <laughs> how you can be that cool to have all of these different things uh, going on in your life. Uh, uh, well, his, his, he had enough imagination for a lot of things, which made it harder for him to find his calling. Mm-hmm. and mission because you have so many interests i think that that's probably a really helpful thing to be um uh reflecting with again during this season of pandemic i, I mean i think we hear this theme over and over again that the pandemic has caused us to reevaluate life to uh reimagine what what is meaningful for us and um for whatever reason, I think MJ had that gift and ability to to be challenging what came next. Uh, I I think this book uh, is timely. Strangely, I, ha- uh, I hadn't really thought about it a whole lot, but that it comes out amid a pandemic when so many of us are also asking this question of how do I live in the world? What doors do I go through? As you said, uh, when they open up to me and. Um, uh, that's an interesting kind of gift, I guess, in the midst of this to to have MJ's voice continue to ask that uh, for us in our in our lives as we try and um, move through the world. What do you think a book like this has to offer the the church? I know MJ had a um, as, the words you said were complicated. Uh, um, in terms of lots of aspects of his life. And I think faith was one of those things that he had lots of feelings about. Um, What do you think a book like uh, what Marshall has put together here means for people who are engaging faith? What we hope is that they will not only remember him, but um, see him as an example of a place their passion can be used Hmm. wherever in the world it is. So if, if young people 
uh, and I we've heard a good bit of this, are inspired by this to do something to make peace in the world. That is the primary thing. The second one would be a focus on the people of the DRC. Hmm. Part of what uh, the name hero or martyr does is uh, distract from those two things. Yeah. And he would also, uh, you know, talk, I mean, he would be the first to say, I'm a completely flawed individual. I'm a flawed individual uh-huh. uh, doing the best I can with what I have mm-hmm. and yeah. trying to live life to the fullest. Um, not that, no, he would not set himself up otherwise. Um, other than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it wasn't about him. It was about his mission. And that became clear again and again. Yeah. And when he came home for Christmas or whenever he came home, we always looked forward to his storytelling. He had stories like nobody else had. Mm-hmm. Um, but he always told us his faux pas, not his successes. We we learned yeah. that always. His oldest sister, Erin. Uh, was driving on the interstate in Denver where she lives and had NPR on. And all of a sudden she heard her MJ being interviewed and this NPR journalist talking about how he was leading in this uh, demobilization of this militia group. And she's like, ah, and she got off on the (laughs) side of the road and she starts texting all of us. MJ's on NPR. You know, we, (laughs) that's how we found out things. Okay. Wow. Wow. (laughs) That and what people shared uh, during his memorial service. Mm -hmm. We learned a lot. We also learned a lot from Marshall's book. Mm. There were things we didn't know. Mm. And the people that he interviewed, and and he did an excellent job in that. He traveled all over the world interviewing people that were a part of MJ's life. On a personal note, I'm I'm deeply grateful for the way that you two have modeled um, your your grief, your mourning, your celebration of your child. Um, I had the opportunity of being in your home um, very briefly with a group of campus pastors. And uh, you showed me memories, mementos, and and things that continue to arrive uh, celebrating this individual, um, but also things that are were deeply important to him. I, I felt very sacred to hold his passport, this thing that he treasured that allowed him to, to navigate the world. Um, and and your willingness to to not shut off the world, but to hold those stories up as gift, as offering, to say yes to to Marshall um, in in writing this book feels like something that I want to aspire to to be in my own life too. So thank you both for for your willingness and for this um, this posture, the way you move about about the world. Um, thank you for that. I would be the first to to say to people. We've learned a lot about grieving, but number one is, is that um, make use of all the support systems that are out there for you. We have, and we're quick to talk about um, trauma counseling, how helpful that is, um, and the support systems of the church and the community, all of that. Continuing to talk about the the loved one who has, has died. Um, it's not something that makes us sad, even though we may cry when we talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we try to educate people and let them know you're asking 
about my loved one or how we're doing helps me to know that you have not forgot our pain, nor have you forgotten our loved one. So never, don't stop asking. Hmm. <laughs> it's a way for MJ's voice to continue. Yeah. The yeah, voice absolutely. is still alive, alive. Absolutely. And will continue to be. Yeah. One of the greatest fears parents have of a child, about a child who has died, is they will be forgotten. Hmm. I don't think that's going to happen here. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It it never ends either. I mean, I think in our consumer uh, driven world, we think that there's a solution to every emotion or problem. And um, it is a journey, right? It is an ongoing process of, of grief and celebration and recovery. And um, those things continue, continue on. Thank you. Thank you both so much for your willingness to share. And, and thank you for taking the time to be with us here on Ing Podcast. It's uh, been a real gift to me. Thank you. And thank you. Thank you. The new book, Disarmed, The Life and Legacy of Michael M.J. Sharp, is available now wherever you order books. And our journey continues next week. We'll continue the conversation with Marshall King and talk with Jason Garber, Rachel Jenner, and Clinton Miller, three of MJ's friends and classmates from Eastern Mennonite University. As always, we'd like to thank our guests and all who support Ing Podcast. Thank you for joining us on the journey. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a review in your favorite podcasting app. And if you have something to share, send us a message at theing at menomedia.org or by leaving us a voicemail. Ing Podcast is hosted by Reverend Allison Moss and Reverend Dr. Dennis Edwards and produced by me, Ben Weidman. Views and opinions expressed on Ing Podcast are those of our hosts and guests and may not represent that of Leader Magazine or Menomedia. Ing Podcast is a production of Menomedia a nonprofit publisher that creates thoughtful Anabaptist resources to enrich faith in a complex world. To find out more, visit us online at menomedia.org.